All right. We All right, let's get are. it. Let's do it. Yeah. Man, Kyrie and the Nets drama continues. 18 former NBA players are in hot water, and surprise, surprise, more Ben Simmons news. I'm Rhodes Apanta, and this is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. John, how you living? Doing amazing. Who snuck this Ben Simmons stuff in the in the outline? <laughs> <laughs> and our new permanent co-host, Sammy. Sammy, how you living? Can't complain, man. Life is good. How are you? I'm doing great. And Kyrie Irving must be feeling pretty good, actually, because apparently he's able to practice at the team facility in Brooklyn because it's considered a private office building as opposed to an indoor gym, which is kind of surprising. We thought that Kyrie Irving wasn't going to be really with the team for almost the whole year. What do you guys think of this, JJ? Well, Sammy made a great point last pod, which you just have to think about all these cities that might implement the strict guidelines in terms of vaccination. Yes, sir. And the teams have to abide by that. So this is one problem, which is building the team chemistry um, through practice. That's one problem being taken care of, but it doesn't take care of the most important thing, which is playing in the actual games. And like what we said earlier, I'm not worried about the regular season, man. I'm worried about the postseason when this dude could only play at away games. And like what Sammy said again, which is if they do play at a city where there are limitations because of the vac- the vaccination mandate. When is he going to play? If he plays against the Lakers, now add it onto that list. Yeah. He can't play any game whatsoever during that the finals. So that's my first thought. Yeah, Sammy, what do you think about all like this new development? It's it's interesting because he actually does have the chance to build a little more chemistry, like Jay just said. He can actually join the team. I think he was going to be away from the team. What was it? Something like this past week up to maybe the 18th and now that's changed because he can practice with them um i don't know if it'll it'll probably keep the team happy in the short term they'll all see him and do all that good stuff but i still think when the games start they're still going to get frustrated eventually and the other part of this that we kind of touched on with chemistry if i remember right the rules for unvaccinated players on the road are way more strict and i know this isn't a huge aspect of things but to me, part of the team bonding that we always hear in hindsight is these guys going out together afterward, going to dinners. That's when they kind of bond. They create that chemistry. And I'm sure he might try to get out with, every, with them every now and again, but I think depending on the city, he might not be able to. And so he's even going to be isolated a little on the road in that aspect. So I think it helps, but it's this is still going to be a constant issue throughout the year and unless obviously something changes with his vaccination status. Right, and one of the things that we were talking about is just how much patience will the Nets have for Kyrie Irving not being available? And John, do you think him being able to practice with the team sort of extends his leash, per se? I think so, a little bit. What My first thought is the Allen Iverson post-game. Practice? We're talking about practice? <laughs> I think it's interesting because, like you said, it seems like the city is giving a little bit of leeway that they're making yeah. so kind of making an exception and would they be able to make other exceptions moving forward i mean it's 
it's such a slippery slope and i think the nets are again are in, they're in a tough spot because his trade value again is, is not it's not going to be great and jj made a great point that this is a fluid situation that other cities might mandate things maybe they'll mandate visiting players they have to be vaccinated to come to their city and play so that changes things right Kyrie is not only gonna not be able to play at Barclays and New York but it could be other cities so it to me it's it's I don't know what they're gonna do it'll be interesting to see and at the end of it maybe Kyrie will get vaccinated but I wouldn't hold my breath he doesn't he seems very it doesn't seem like an Andrew Wiggins situation, right? It seems like he's very stuck. Not stuck, I want to say he's very firm in what he believes. And I don't know if there's gonna, he's going to budge at all. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens from here, here on out. Yeah, well, and go ahead. Sorry, Sammy, you said about team chemistry and them going out for, you know, away games. Right. He can't even go to, he can't even go out to dinner with his teammates in New York. That's a good point. Because in New York, you need your vaccination card. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's also true. And it seems like John is going to vote for. It seems like Kyrie's not going to be vaccinated because he's so firm on his beliefs. Um, the other two hooligans, how do you guys think this ends for Kyrie? Do you think he's going to end up getting vaccinated? Maybe with more practices with the team? Steve Nash could be like, you see how great this team is, how great we can be when we're all together. Don't you want to get that vaccination so we could like get that chip? What do you guys think? I think this might end as as crazy as this sounds. I'm starting to think this might end with him being, I don't want to say semi-retired, but I think he might end up sitting out the season at this point. If what? like John was saying, there's a really good shot other cities are going to impose mandates. I think we're all in relative agreement yeah. about that. If that's the case and it turns into 30 games or 25 games that he's eligible in, I, I don't know if I see him going through the trouble. I could see him just sitting out the year and hoping that maybe next year if everything is a little bit more, call it back to normal, then maybe he'll, he'll just want to come back then. But I'm starting to think that he might end up sitting out at some point. Maybe he'll try to play for the first couple weeks or the month. And there's just going to be so much drama and uncertainty the whole time that it ends up being with something like that. It just with what his personality seems to be like, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, JJ, what do you think? You know, our superstars in the NBA, they're supposed to set this culture. You go to practice, you work hard. I know the Clippers, I know the Celtics, I know the Rockets had issues when they're fellow stars just sat out for personal reasons load management if I were a net or you know a player for that team or staff member I would probably think like Kyrie gets away with a lot yeah to be quite frank a lot like who who could miss practice and then you have this full of like missing games yeah I don't know if I don't, I don't think it's fair. I think all players need to be held accountable, even the best of the best on the team. I mean, in my opinion, I think that Kyrie Irving, the best, I think, situation for both parties might be a trade. And I feel like the Nets sort of already, I guess, hedged the situation because they picked up Patty Mills. Mills. And Patty Mills is a pretty decent point guard. I mean, he's not Kyrie Irving level, but he's definitely like Kyrie insurance for him. 
and who knows how this plays out. It is super interesting. I think it might end up with a trade. I don't know who would the who the trade partner would necessarily be because they would have the same concerns. But anyway, we're gonna move forward. Ben Simmons, he seems to make the podcast every single time. But now it seems he has landed in Philly. And he is trying to be part of the team, maybe? What do you guys think of this? I want to know who the secret Ben Simmons fan on this podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> who keeps adding? Who, who keeps adding? Who keeps adding into the outline? <laughs> so I'll, I'll start this off. I think this is all smoke and mirrors. I think that this is just the PC. This is the right thing to do for everybody, business-wise. And I think Rich Paul understands that. And I think Philadelphia understands that because him sitting out, him not getting paid, obviously is not a good thing. But him sitting out does nothing for his trade value. If he wants to get traded, it just makes him look like someone who is can't cooperate, someone who is not part of a team, and who wants that kind of player on their team if they're trying to make a trade for him, right? True. So I think everybody just sat down and said, "Hey, show up to show up to practice, show up to training camp, play the season, and we'll do our best to trade you." But you have to understand that the Philadelphia Philadelphia wants a fair fair value for it. They don't want to get lowballed, and what you're doing right now is lowballing the team. So let's all act like adults, put our differences aside, and I think they they still have many differences. And I don't I don't know. Ben Simmons seems like someone who's very the way that end, last season ended with the with the fans and Doc Rivers' right. comments. I don't know if he's gotten over that. I, if I was a betting man, I'd say no. And so I think this is all smoke and mirrors. I think it's just all for, you know, it's the best decision for everybody until they find a right trade partner, which I expect them to still trade him probably somewhere into the season. Sammy, were you surprised that Ben Simmons has shown up in Philly? Um, not necessarily. I agree with the Ben Simmons fan who just spoke before me that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he's trying to save face. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> and and like uh, like Jay mentioned in the last podcast, man, money talks. Yeah, money. When, when they held, I believe it was what eight point two five million dollars uh, in escrow that he was supposed to get, and then missing that first game, I think what was the number like three hundred eighty six thousand dollars or something that he lost. You lose that, that starts yeah. adding up fast. And then the other small factor about it is, remember, he loses that. Clutch Sports also loses. Let's be conservative. Let's call it one percent. They lose four grand for every game he doesn't show up in either. So they might be in his ear mm-hmm. telling them, you know, maybe you should go back to camp. Maybe you should go to Philly. <laughs> um, so with right. both of those things, I'm not totally surprised because you hit the wallet and it'll change things for sure. Uh, I do think, like John was saying, though, this situation can't last, and he tanked his value. So you got to go back in and just even if you want to play the part for a few weeks to a month, because it doesn't seem like this is going to happen before the season starts at this point. But they just maybe get him on the court, let him play a game or two if they need to, and hopefully that'll boost his trade value right. because him pulling all this tanked it for sure. And like John said, they're not going to get fair value right now, but that's what they want. So it's kind of where is that? Uh, where's the middle ground? Where's the, where are they going to come down on that asking price to the point where they're still happy? Yeah, and JJ, I, I want you to imagine you're a 76er fan. He and is. I want you to imagine <laughs> you're at the first home game of the season. And they announce Ben Simmons, 6'11", starting at point guard. What is re- your reaction? Are you cheering? Are you booing? 
How do you feel if you're a Philly fan and Ben Simmons hits the court? I think I'm going to have a big sign of Kendall Jenner with Devin Booker. <laughs> Bruh. Ouch. That's how I would respond. That's cold. I mean, it's a it's a loose loose situation. Like Doc right. Rivers right. spoke about Ben Simmons. That well, what what was the exact quote that he didn't know if he could be on a championship team? Yeah, a championship team, right? Yeah. You have he can't play. Management, you know, seeking a trade. You have their superstar in Embiid. Talking about Ben Simmons, saying how he gave up that dunk and layup. Yeah. And how that could have cost him the game. And now you have these random fans that, you know, social media has been posting. Like newscasters talking about Ben Simmons. People who don't even play ball, that don't even understand basketball, that yell home run when Ben Simmons scores. They don't know anything, and They're talking about Ben Simmons. So it's a lose-lose situation. No one wins. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to 100% agree that no one wins in that situation, and he's definitely getting booze. I mean, if you're a 76ers fan and you've been through the torture of, AKA the process, and you score someone like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and you take a total whiff on Markel Fultz, and now another one of the process wants to leave and you're stuck with just I mean not just Joel Embiid but you're definitely not any further than you thought you were going to be because we thought that was going to be the threesome of the future when they drafted Markel Fultz am I right? For sure. They thought that was it and now you bring all those feelings back up when Ben Simmons hits the court he is going to get booed out of his mind. Um, Sammy I'm going to put you in the GM chair here. Bleacher Report has a trade. It involves Ben Simmons. And it includes the Clippers. Okay. They're going to trade Terrence Mann, Eric Bledsoe, Luke Kennard, Keon Johnson, a first-round pick in 2028, and multiple second-round picks. Do you take this trade? Well, first you have to laugh because the first first round pick the Clippers can trade is seven years from now. So, <laughs> so let's start there. Trust the process. So, that is the process. <laughs> so that being said, as much as we've heard rumors that he doesn't seem to be you know, in love with the game like you would hope that your superstars are, you look at the guys involved on the other side, as much as Kennard actually played well in the playoffs and we saw what Terrence Mann did, you're getting a guy who's 24-25, can guard every position 1-5 to five on the court, in theory, although their defense wasn't always this good last year, but with Kawhi and PG, you would be able to lock down almost anybody in the league. I think I'd have to do it, just because you're looking at the pieces on the other side. I was looking at the roster depth after a trade like this would be made. Realistically, you pick up one or two guards, you can get those guys in the buyout market. And then with second round picks, which I actually do think are valuable, you have the richest owner in the league who's going to be able to buy them at every draft. Because that does happen every year. So as much as the rumors and obviously this whole situation has gotten really ugly, I just think when you're the Clippers and you're capped out, if you can get a guy with this kind of potential who actually fits the team, I think you do it for that reason. 
the one other thing, too, is that the Clippers were actually the best three-point shooting team in basketball last year, regular season and playoffs. Hold up. So we obviously know that that is not a strength of Mr. Simmons, so this is one of the teams that could actually <laughs> help to mitigate that a little bit because the other three to four guys in the court at all times would be able to, to shoot around him and open up the paint. Zubat starting at center or Ibaka, depending on how the year starts, neither one of those guys is going to get the ball in the low post and you know, go in and pound. Those guys are both going to be rebounders. Ibaka is going to step back behind the line occasionally. The middle of the paint is going to be open, so the team would actually fit uh, his skill set. So I think I would have to go ahead and do that trade. John, if you were the 76ers, are, are you taking this trade? I think so. I like Terrence Mann. Again, they're not going to get a pick for a while, but I do like, I mean, Eric Bledsoe, he's, to me, he's just, he's a solid piece. He's nothing great, nothing terrible. And yeah, I think you mentioned a few other pieces, but Terrence Mann would be the biggest piece there. He's, I think he has a lot of potential. Um, And you have some of the other young prospects too. So I would if I was the Sixers, if I was the Sixers. Yeah, I think that Eric Bledsoe, Terrence Mann with Joel Embiid, that fits naturally. I would like to see that trade happen. I think that'd be a really fun Clippers team too. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any football game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details, Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But moving on to our next topic, Zach Lowe had an article on ESPN, and he talked about his NBA tiers. And basically on tier one, he had the Nets all alone, tier two, the Bucks. And then the above the play-in fray, he had the Lakers, Sun, and Jazz. And then he basically had the rest of the league in, in a bunch of different tiers, using a lot more bigger words than than I know, because he's Zach Lowe. <laughs> what I want to know from you guys, besides those five, who could possibly make a title run? And a reminder, it's the Nets, Bucks, Lakers, Suns, and Jazz who are not part of your thoughts. I'm going to start with JJ. Ooh. Uh, I would have to say Philly is the obvious pick. They've always been on the cusp of making it to the championship, but they haven't. Right. It's just uncertain with all this Ben Simmons talk that we have no idea where they could go. And I think Ben Simmons is a good enough trade piece where they could get a valuable asset that could complement Embiid. Because that's the main thing too, I think, that with Ben Simmons and Embiid, they never had that one-two punch that everyone was looking for. Right. Even though if you don't like each other, I, you could still make it work. I mean, ask John, Kobe, and Shaq. They made it work. True. Yeah, that's true. The, I think the problem with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid is that they occupy the same space on the floor. 
Like they, they both want to work on the inside, so it's difficult to make like a really flowing offense um, when you have two pieces, main pieces like that. But I do like what you're saying, JJ, about sort of the uncertainty of Philly. They do have the biggest trade asset. That trade could actually end up very well for Philly. And who knows, they might be able to take it to the top. John, who do you think out of this list? Well, I, I want to say that I think we found a Sixer fan in the group. <laughs> Wait, can I take one thing back? Yes. Before you go, John, it's it's con- contingent with Philly is they have to fire Doc Rivers because I have zero faith oh, in Doc that's Rivers. That's a good take. I'll agree with that's that. That's a good take. From a lot of past <laughs> sad history. Go ahead. Oh, man. That's, Amer- that's America's take right there. John, what you think? I'm going to... I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I like the Nuggets. I think they showed a lot in the bubble against the Lakers. They didn't have Aaron Gordon at the time, so they added him. They have yet to have a full season. And and Jamal Murray obviously had a serious injury last year, ACL. So contingent, again, on Jamal Murray coming back, them getting into a groove. Jamal Murray and Jokic I think are the most underrated duo in the league they don't get enough enough respect probably because probably because they're not flashy and they play in Denver which is a smaller market but you have Aaron Gordon and their role players I think they can make some noise and sneak in and, and you know possibly win it all yeah that's a good take Sammy what you think well, I'm actually going to go with the Warriors on this one. Um, obviously, this is also an injury wild card, depending on Clay, and there might be a little bit of nostalgia is the wrong word because I just constantly remember the Warriors around 2015 to 2018 just beating the Clippers into submission over and over and over, and Curry crossing Chris Paul <laughs> off the court, I believe, on Christmas Day one year. But I yeah. just look at Curry who I think everyone would agree at this point is the greatest shooter of all time, still clearly in his prime based on last year. And part of this might be just hoping to speak this into existence. I want to see Clay back. I want to see him healthy. No one's had a more unlucky run the last years than that guy, and I want to see him back on the court. So if he can get back to anything near where he was, you have natural chemistry between those three guys, and you have some trade chips there too. Uh, Wiseman actually obviously didn't have the greatest year last year, but he's still a seven-foot number two overall pick with a ton of potential for either the team themselves or to use as a trade chip with the two first-round picks they had this year. So you have that wild card there as well. You have Wiggins to match up salary if they do find that next disgruntled star because we know that there's going to be someone out there. Actually, Simmons as a fit in Golden State to me was always very natural. I don't know if that'll happen, but... It's just another example of what could happen. So I just think that team's a major wild card. If Clay is back in January, as we hope, and anywhere near full strength, then I think every team at the top of the West would be scared to death to play them in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that one just because, I mean, I, I am a Warriors fan. And also, all the statements you just said were absolutely true. My pick, though, is going to actually be the Miami Heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, They added Kyle Lowry. They also added defensive-minded P.J. Tucker and also Markeith Morris. You have to mention Duncan Robinson. They got absolutely deep, and they got kind of nasty on defense. And that's what I really like is a real good defensive team with some offensive upside. And we just don't know what Kyle Lowry is going to bring to that team or how he fits in. 
but I'm very interested in those pieces, so that's my pick as maybe a surprise title run. But for our next topic, we have former players are in trouble with the law because they were in a conspiracy to defraud the MBA's health and welfare benefit plan of like out of nearly four million dollars. And basically what they did was they submitted claims for reimbursement for medical and dental expenses that were actually never rendered. And Terrence Williams was sort of the ringleader of all this. And there's a very long list of players here, such as Terrence Williams, Tony Allen, Shannon Brown, Will Bynum, Big Baby Glenn Davis, um, Ruben Patterson, Eddie Robinson. The list goes on. Are you guys pretty shocked at this news coming out? I'll start with John. I'm shocked at the news. I'm not shocked at the list of players that it includes. <laughs> Sorry if that's insulting. Why, why, why do you say that, John? Yeah, okay. Well, let me take a step back. I'll be... I'll just be blunt. It's because none of these players really amounted to anything. I know they were mostly just role players. And some of these guys on here, Shannon Brown, I mean, he was a good role player just because I'm a Laker fan. But Ruben Patterson, the Kobe stopper, you got, who was on here? Darius Miles, Clipper legend. I mean, <laughs> Tony Allen, he was a really good defender. So that kind of surprises me. But other these guys, these other guys, okay. All in all, it does surprise me because I, I don't know why anybody who played in the NBA Especially the guys that I mentioned, they made pretty good money, even as role players, right? Big Baby Glenn Davis had to have right. made at least 10, 20, 30 million over over his career. Shannon Brown, I know he got paid as a role player. Tony Allen was one of the best defensive players. Kobe said he was the hardest player to play against, and who, who challenged him the most defensively. So, some of these guys, it just it's just crazy to me. And one of the the best parts about the story, it's not. It, for me is so Terrence Williams was the ringleader of all of this and he recruited the remain all of these other players these 17 other players to on in on it and in return he was getting kickbacks for supplying these players fake invoices so that they could submit their fraudulent claims one of these players I don't remember who it was decided not to give him a kickback and Terrence Williams out of spite decided to he pretended to be one of the healthcare advisors or healthcare employees somebody oh, somebody in management and called him and tried to say and tried to get him to give that kickback because he, he said, they said something about his claim so basically trying to intimidate him so not only was Terrence Williams the <laughs> ringleader recruiting these players he was also trying to fraud he was trying to fraud one of the guys who wasn't willing to give him a kickback so Bro. the story is absolutely crazy to me I don't even know where, like, my mind is just circling all over the place, so somebody else follow up if, by all means. Yeah, I mean, JJ, what, what do you think of these lists of players um, in, this, in part of this uh, conspiracy theory, or con conspiracy to defraud the NBA's um, benefit plan? Uh, the first thing that pops up in my head, it's a joke, which is, it's funny that the insurance companies are complaining that they're getting ripped off when they've been ripping all of us for all these years, <laughs> right? But jokes aside, we always hear about these athletes that they get this lump sum of money, they get paid millions. 
I think this sheds the light on the NBA that people need to be educated about finance. You need to set up yourself up for a future. And it's just sad, like, now you're, you know, being accused of fraud and you could face jail time. You played a children's game and got paid millions and now you're in this dilemma which could drastically affect your future and your family's future. And was it worth it? No. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I would agree. Sammy, do you have anything to add? Uh, well, the first thing I noticed is that almost half of these players at one point or another played for the Clippers, so I blame Donald Sterling, personally, for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you make guys practice in a spectrum. They get upset, and, and after the fact, they say they didn't get paid enough. Oh, my goodness. Who knows if he shorted their checks to begin with during the during the plan when they were with the team itself. Hey, that's Most true, likely. man. That's true. Um, I just, I actually was thinking the same thing that JJ was, though, was just we keep hearing these stories over and over about just, unfortunately, athletes across all major sports, but particularly in the NBA, who end up with nothing years after. And I think with the NBA, it's so, so much more prevalent because a lot of these players come in younger than they do at any other sport. So Darius Miles, as an example, I believe started uh, playing pro at 18. I mean... If the four of us were 18 and someone handed us $10 million, I, I don't know how you know, judicious we'd be with it either. I would hope that I would put some of it away, but I think if you're 18 and you're figuring I'm going to play ball until I'm 33, 34, then there'll be plenty of money left later. And they also don't realize agents are taking a cut, managers are taking a cut, friends and family are coming out of the woodwork to take a cut, and all of a sudden right. that $10 million turns into three or four, and you're still saying... You know, for us who that sounds like an amazing amount of money, well, that's still a lot of money, but that's 70% less than what that contract reads when it's read out on SportsCenter. Or when you're looking on the forums at the four-year $56 million contract or whatever it is that this player signed. So I think Dang, you guys are making me... Hmm. I was going to say, you guys are making me look bad, dude. I was making all these jokes about these players, and you guys no, all went the I, serious I, way. I went for an owner. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's true. No, you're, you're, you, guys, you guys are right. Like... I think you guys are both hit the nail on the head about finances. And I, I don't think, I mean, they made a mistake. They did something stupid. But I feel like anytime you mess with the finances, you mess with, you mess with like private practice or healthcare, the government, yeah. they're going to get punished severely. And I hope that doesn't happen because they, they obviously made a mistake. There are way worse crimes in my eyes. So in, in all seriousness, I hope they don't, it's, you know, the hammer isn't, isn't um, handed down to them too heavy. So we'll see. Can we read the invoices? Like, I want to see like how much they charged for a cavity. It was like, hey, let's <laughs> let's have it at a 80k for your cavity, okay? They got 250k for your root canal. They obviously got real gold fillings. Right. Here's your four hundred thousand dollar chiropractic bill for your adjustment. <laughs> well, the thing that surprises me is that I thought I thought this number would be larger, like four million. Mm-hmm. over 18 players that doesn't sound like very much especially when terrence williams is taking a 230k kickback like how much were they getting really just seems like a big mismanagement of of money and values and we're just gonna have to wait and see how this all plays out for our last segment we have a dub or dud jr smith participated in his first 
college golf tournament. He didn't do particularly well. He shot 12 over 83. He had six bogeys, four double bogeys, two birdies, and six pars. John, what do you think of this? I'm not familiar with golf. I'm not an expert in golf, but I hope there wasn't a, a time limit. Uh, I hope there wasn't a time limit because then, you know, J.R. Smith wouldn't pass that. He would definitely... <laughs> You definitely look at the clock and be like, uh, do I have to shoot this? Do I have to shoot this or do I put this right now? <laughs> nah, I mean, it's it's really strange for me to see J.R. Smith golf. I mean, he didn't play particularly well, but good for him for doing something different. I mean, he's obviously done with his NBA career. LeBron probably wouldn't let him back in the league anyway, so good for him. LeBron James. I'm guessing that's a dub. That's a dub. Dud. Dud. Sorry, no You're going dud, with the dud. dud. Going with the dud. Okay. John is going with the dud. Sammy, what you think? I'm going to give him a dub, man. I, I I do have respect for him going back to college, first of all, going and getting his education, and then taking up a sport that couldn't be more different than basketball. Funny enough, on what John was saying about LeBron not letting him back in the league, LeBron really was encouraging his golf on Twitter. I saw that. So he's, he's telling them to keep pursuing it. Uh, <laughs> But you know, uh, a 12 over, like you said, it's it's not a great score, but considering that this is, I assume, his first time playing any sort of competitive golf, it's not terrible. So I'll give him a dub. Yeah. Yeah. JJ, what do you think? I think it's cool. I just imagine him yelling at his caddy, like in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> like, where's my henny? Yeah. I don't know, is that appropriate? Can, can you do that? <laughs> Can I do that? Is this a dub or a dud? What you think? It's a it's a dub. It's a dub. Like I said, if yeah. he if he could get a henny shot from his caddy, I know he probably did, won't like that response. But sorry, Jar. <laughs> henny is forever associated with you, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Man, if he could get a henny shot and his shirtless, like shirtless Jr., that sounds like a win to me. Also, I think it'd be hilarious if he's on like the 17th hole and he nails the putt and he's ahead and he's like, I won, we did it, I was up. And they tell him there's one more hole left. <laughs> that would be an absolute awesome flub. But anyway, mad props to J.R. Smith on his first college golf tournament. And anyway, that is it for our podcast tonight. Um, I want to thank JJ for being on. Thank you, everybody. Sammy, officially, you're on the pod. Welcome, my guy. Yeah, and John. Welcome, Sammy, my Jordanian brother. And well, and again, JJ, thanks for being the best Sixer fan any of us have ever known. <laughs> I love you, John. Love you, too. And Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, man. Uh, very happy to be a permanent member. I'm looking forward to future pods with all of you. And I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.